0: Today's episode of the Mark Ackerman Podcast brought to you by Zoom.us, your one-stop shop for online meetings, service calls, conference rooms, whatever the case may be. It's been perfect use during this COVID-19 social distancing quarantine times. Sign up is free. Highly recommend it. Keep up with family members. Go to your online classes like we've done, and we've also recorded this podcast thanks to Zoom.us. So go check them out. Once again, sign up is free. Now to today's podcast, we talk about Major League Baseball and the MLB PA new deal that they struck for basically the 2020 and 21 seasons kind of it's going to set the precedent for the next collective bargaining agreement that will be set in 2021 at least we hope we're still not sure if we're going to be getting baseball games in 2020 we'll be talking about that in the pod what we are sure about that we are getting in 2020 the nfl draft roger goodell came out at the end of the podcast we give you our first 15 picks Of the NFL draft, what we think is going to happen. We've got a few trades in there, some quarterback moves. It's pretty interesting, so it'd be pretty fun. Also, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe for the page. It'd be highly appreciated, and we thank you for it. Now, time for the pod. Recording this Friday afternoon, got uh, the two guys who joined me last podcast back. First, we've got the Instagram award-winning chef, Darren Traynor, back joining the pod. And then we've got the Boise State alum, and aspiring pro golfer, Mr. Drew Weber. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. And, uh, you know, we don't have any games to talk about still, thanks to COVID-19, but we've got some big news regarding Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association, who struck a deal Last night was ratified this afternoon, and a lot of key points. We'll dive into each of them, mainly concerning money, service time, and the draft. Um, and we can we can dive into really any of them at any time. But I guess we'll start with the money. Uh, the owners are divvying up 170 million dollars to four classes of players. A majority of that 170 million is going to wow. go to major leaguers with guaranteed contracts Mm -hmm. so it's really going to help out the guys who are most likely expecting big money which again if you sign for 35 million dollars a year you kind of should deserve that Uh, but i guess we'll start with uh the chef darren thoughts on the money aspect um all all owners combining to 170 million for the first two months they're not expected to pay for the rest of the year if there's no games played do you like that um let's get your thoughts
1: I feel like you have. It's it's something that owners have to do. Um, you have to pay. Um, like you said, those those p- players that are expecting big money, sign big um, deals of the offseason. They need some sort of compensation, even though you know obviously there aren't any games played. Um, I think the minor leaguers are getting a little bit of a, a little piece of the pie there, uh, which is good because those are the guys that are uh, obviously really struggling. Um, yeah, as far as the money deal, I feel like it was something that had to be done. I mean, uh, yeah, I've, overall, I felt like it's a good deal for both sides.
0: All right, Drew, your thoughts? Well,
2: uh, I mean, this really, $170 million guaranteed, right? And they don't, they don't play the season, the owners are off the hook for the rest, which is probably the right thing to do. Players, they probably want a little more money, but it's also, I think this was probably a, a, like a give-and-take point of this negotiation because the players, they wanted more money and service time. Obviously they want service time to count. Well, the owners agreed to the service time. So therefore they got to pay a little less money. So mm-hmm. both sides of the table, you can both say, you know, owners get chat like Dodgers. I really hate to see it for the Dodgers, but they just traded for Mookie Betts. There's no season. Well, Mookie Betts is a free agent. They don't get the prospects. <laughs> um, but, at the same time, the owners, um, they don't want that, obviously. Friedman and those guys, even though he's not the owner of the GM, they don't want that, but they don't want to pay these guys for doing nothing, uh, for really lack of a better term. So it was kind of a, you know, one side got one, one side got something, the other side got the other. and That's what I think it had to happen.
0: So I did the math. Uh, not in the head, uh, in the calculator. 170 divided by 30 is $5.66 million per team if every team did equally the amount. Uh, but I think Drew hit on, the. I think, probably the biggest point and it was service time. And according to Jeff Passan's article on ESPN, that was what ended up getting the deal done from the player's standpoint. Uh, I think they pretty much knew they didn't have too much mm-hmm. leverage in the money aspect. I think the fact that $170 million in total is probably maybe – maybe not a whole lot to some people but maybe it was enough for most of them but the service time that i think is huge. probably the biggest thing huge. there could be no game like drew said and the, y'all all these guys will still get their service time which is huge for them i think they deserve it uh, it's it's not their fault that they're not playing baseball games right now it's nobody's fault but uh, 100% so. with this
1: whole deal there's winners there's losers the winners current and will be players they get paid a little bit Service time. I think another winner is the GMs, the scouting directors, the scouts. The draft negotiation, obviously, we'll get into that. The losers, amateur players are definitely losing. The draft could be shortened to five rounds, Huge. maybe even ten Huge rounds, twenty large. rounds. Uh, minor leaguers. I mean, they're going to get paid a little bit, but I mean, you're as a minor leaguer, you're you're getting older, so you're getting a year older. That's another year where you're pushing to get to the leagues obviously age is really important obviously the fans lose lose out we don't get to watch any baseball and the owners are definitely the biggest loser of them all uh, well there was
0: there's been talk obviously last year came to bigger head of you know minor leaguers being underpaid throughout the entire season as opposed obviously a lot of the money is top heavy in all these sports and there was already right. talks of maybe a lot of there's 160 minor league affiliates and there's already talks of canning 40 of them but according to some league executives in the Jeff Passan article, like I mentioned, there's a chance if there's no season whatsoever, there's a lot of potential of these minor league franchises just folding. And I think that probably is another reason why this draft may be to five rounds as, or is low to five rounds in 2020, and he can make it as low as 20 rounds in 2021. I think that might have a bigger thing as well. I think baseball may be trying to be on the move of starting Mm -hmm. to start having less minor leaguers, less payroll in that aspect, because we all know they're not going to want to pay them more. So instead of paying them more, we'll just have less of them. So there's more money to spend for the players that we already have. Um, But I think that's probably a big reason why the draft is, but you're right. And I think that with college um, now bringing, being able to seniors who lost their season, being able to come back, there's not as many draft picks, not as many people now leaving for the draft. That's going right. to make college baseball even now more complicated, I think. Darren, we all know saturated. you're a college baseball expert, but Drew didn't get really get too much talk last time. So, Drew, we'll start with you. What do you think that's going to have on college baseball um, and your thoughts just overall on the draft possibly going down to five rounds in 2020? What are your thoughts?
1: Well,
2: I mean, it's it's huge for, you know, some of these guys that – necessarily aren't you know A1 level prospects but there's been some good pulls in these later rounds Kevin Pillar was in the 30th Pujols so I think it was in the ninth uh, you know for every guy that bust it seems like in those first couple rounds there's always a gem you know in the in the mid-20s Trout wasn't even a first round pick I don't believe
1: late been,
2: first round but yeah late first round, but... but what I'm saying is as we know baseball is one of the biggest crap shoots when it comes to mm-hmm. a draft and you need these late round picks just for you know, kind of – you lower your percentage of uh, – we you up your percentage of people that can make it up to the big leagues. As in, you know, you find these players. And so I really feel like, you know, these JC guys that have some talent but don't really have much grades, uh, they're going to get kind of lost. You have these really good – that play for low-end Division One schools, they're going to get lost. Uh, so then, you know, people can't really leave early. They don't want to roll the dice. So it's just it's just those mid-level prospects are really going to feel it this year and maybe even next year because it goes 2021 when they when they have this this uh, discretion to shorten or lengthen the draft. So it's going to be you know interesting to see how, how many people come out and then just take an undrafted free agent
1: deal. Mhm. Definitely. Do we know when the deadline is when they'll make decision on Jeez. Yeah.
2: Well, no. It can move. To, it can move to late July, I believe. Yeah. So. I, but but the
1: decision on the amount of rounds, I think, still taking that day by day, or
2: what? I don't know if there's a set date on it. Um, you know, trying to find it right now, but
0: I I believe what'll end up happening for those rounds is I think when the draft gets closer maybe how much baseball has been played at the Mm, amateur level may have an impact on that. And I also think Manfred may be talking to just teams and executives kind of on, maybe he may just be talking to all these teams, kind of what, what their thoughts are on the draft, how many, how, what, what's realistic for them. Maybe five's too low, but I can't see really anything realistically. If you're, I mean, when you're drafting these guys, even if you're taking a, 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 a risk maybe in the in the late 20s like you're still making an investment in these guys and especially with this limited amount of information we have now as opposed to other years I don't see these teams willing to be putting the type of investment in these players so I could see five rounds but I think that may be too low I think 10 may be a good thing but Darren I wanted to ask you from the college standpoint how much of a mess now is this going to be? We already knew how much of a mess it was going to be giving these players another year with J.C. transfers, high school kids coming in. But, like, now with the amount of people that are not going to oh, be yeah. taken in the draft, I mean, are, is this going to be it's a year be... of college baseball that's full of just really good teams because the talent's spread out? Or what do you think is going to happen?
1: I think throughout all, all levels it's going to be oversaturated with players. I mean, if you look at last year's draft, I'm looking at it right now, um, there were 12 senior signs in the first 10 rounds of last year's draft. 12. How many? And in total, I believe it was higher, it was close to uh, 80 players. So you're saying, so 12 senior signs. So that means all those senior signs are coming back. That means all those freshmen that are going off to school, they're coming in. So now it's a year. It's, it's oversaturated. It's going to be really competitive. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's, I think it will, like I said last time, it will um, increase the motivation for freshmen to sign – or for uh, high school seniors to sign out of high school just to get, in, to get into the system right away and not have to mess around in college baseball. Because for the next four, four years, it's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of players out there, and it looks like they're going to be shortening the draft. So, um, obviously, the, the motivation for those guys at the junior college level are going to be to sign if you get picked up um, out of junior college, obviously, and, and out of high school, for sure. Um, it's going to be really competitive. There's going to be a ton of players. It's going to be interesting.
2: I'll throw a couple of names at you guys here. John Smoltz, round twenty-two, Hall of Famer. Royals Walt, round twenty-three. Um, you know, you have Ken Griffey Senior, very solid career, round twenty-nine. Rob Nen, round thirty-two. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some talent. There's there's talent in the back end. You're just not going to see it for a while if they shorten the draft. And you know, like Darren was saying, you have you have some of these guys. What if you're a redshirt sophomore? You know, you're expected at your college to to take the role of this junior who's going to leave for the draft. Well, now he's going to stay. Well, guess what? You're on the bench. Now you only have one season to play instead of two. So it's just – it's kind of a trickle-down effect. And mm-hmm. it's just – it's kind it's of sad. interesting.
1: Yeah. I think so, yeah. – Margie, or... a really good point Go about yeah, – I think you made a really good point about sh- them shortening the draft as a way for them – to create a way that there's less minor leaguers so you can pay them more, create their quality of living a little bit better. But um, they were not going to pay everyone more. Listen, a 40th round pit, they're not going to, you know what I mean? They're not going to keep
0: every. Well, what I can see every, a lot in yeah. teams getting rid of, a lot of – not every team, but a lot of teams have two single-A teams. You're going to be getting rid of probably the low-A team. Now, granted, it's all regional-based. The, the high-A is on the West Coast, low-A. But whatever the case may be, there's different leagues. I think we're going to see rookie season is going to be gone, um, short season, all that's going to be gone. And I think you're going to see just a lot more of that at the spring training facilities that you kind of already see with a lot of these guys that are on the, those organized franchise teams in the minor leagues. Um, But, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest reason um, I can see the draft being shortened, not just because of these times, but who knows, maybe it'll just be a 20-25 round draft in the future because you're going to have – you just have less teams and you're not going to have 70 guys in Arizona filtering throughout bats. That's just not going to happen. I could really just see three levels of the minor leagues and organized teams with low A, or I should say just single A, double A, triple A. Um, a couple more things Um, I did want to touch a little bit more on the service time Drew mentioned it at the beginning do you guys so we did agree that we like the service time but and again I know we're all Giants fans so we have a certain bias towards the Dodgers but what do you think (laughs) about those a, a team like the Dodgers who traded for Mookie Betts I know we've complained about the amount they gave up but there's a chance even they did give up something for him there's a chance they don't get any play out of him whatsoever and could possibly lose him so that's another side of this. Do you guys? I mean, does that make you well think two, it's things, two things? Give service time.
2: What what would be fair to give back if there was something to give back? And number two, why are they obligated to give back? This is a um, a godly act, as they say. It's not something that they can control. So why why should the Red Sox be obligated to give something back? And and it's just
0: no, no, I'm not saying the Red Sox should be obligated to give. Yeah, it back. but That's maybe, what I'm saying maybe is maybe like,
2: you give him a comp pick. Maybe I mean, really, I feel like it's the only thing you could do.
0: Well, you can. What I did see in the past in an article, they will technically be able to get a pick for him because they will be able to put the qualifying offer on him, like he did play. So that would still work. So I guess that is the other side of this. Yeah, you may not like it, and I understand it sucks. You're not going to get Mookie Betts, who you thought you were getting. But you would still get the same compensation you would get for him it's, if the season played out. He played, didn't come back, so that it's just sense. out of it's
2: out of it's out of control. I mean, it's it's nothing nothing we can do but wait. If there's a season, then he's going to play whether it's a hundred games, sixty games, or all one sixty-two, um, or there's no season and it's just service time and kind of yeah. just sucks. I mean, no no. Other term for it just sucks if you're a Dodger fan, if you're Dodger front office.
0: Another part in this deal that we haven't touched on yet is it's a rejiggered arbitration scale. It's basically been on numbers throughout the past. Obviously, you're not going to be able to use numbers because if you play a season and it's 60 games, you can't compare it to losing 102 of those games out of that sample size. Do you like the process of maybe – this arbitration schedule, obviously it's changed just for the circumstances, but do you possibly see it being a different process moving forward instead of just basically a number system? Because to me, that seemed a little outdated, especially now, um, just looking at certain numbers. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I think, uh, you know, this arbitration process, what you see a lot of teams doing now with younger players, these, these high prospects, they sign them early. Ronald Acuna, hundred million. Mm-hmm. Um, arbitration is always a little tricky because you know you, you go into these arbitration meetings you have one side arguing why this player isn't good and he's on your organization he's going to be on your team so it gets it could get a little awkward with team dynamics so it, I think it is a little outdated um, they're using the same same like stats as last year which is fair I believe um, you know because who's to say oh I would have progressed this year and who's to say oh I would have regressed no, one, no one's going to say I'm going to regress this no year no way of knowing on. Yeah, you, you don't know. So it's really only thing you do. It's just it is outdated, and I think we'll see a, some sort of new process when the PA comes up, when the bargaining agreement comes up in two years. Uh, so I think really this is kind of the foreground of what's really to come two years down the line. So it's going to be interesting just to see how this all gets played out over this next couple months. It's
1: going to be interesting for sure. That's for sure.
0: So they've also talked a little bit in this expansion now, obviously with the news of possibly no games at all this season with the health uh, officials having to step in for them playing, no, no fans, no games. But they did talk about an expanded playoff, possibly going maybe even into December, possibly. My, 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 my only question is going to be for you guys, it, what is the cutoff day for you to where you're comfortable with no season being had? If we're still doing with these circumstances, what is the date the month? I'm not saying a certain day, but what is the month I guess you would say is the cutoff for you, which you mean you would think no more baseball
1: I think if we're shut down until I think like they, August first, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I mean, if the summer if we're shut down throughout the summer, they got to be looking at August first maybe even earlier than that july 1st is like all right listen we're not going to be able to get it done this year let's just cut it as a loss um i mean you, you just what are you going to do create a 50 game season throw it together a playoff that then, then what does it even mean is it like do you if you win the world, world series
2: here is it a last trick last yeah year, it's, it's last just
1: year. like at that point, if you can't play at least a hundred game season, I think you just shut it down. Uh, that's my call. That's what I think. But I they, my prediction: I don't see a season happening. One I thing think.
2: Joe Madden mentioned was seven inning double headers. First glance, you know, when I first heard, I was like, "Ooh, that's just it's just weird, different." But you know, these are obviously uncharted waters. And- and as I kind of started to wrap my head around a little bit, seven-inning doubleheaders would make a little sense. Um, it's just not baseball. Baseball is very old school. old yeah. They want to keep things going, nine-inning games, 27 outs. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a different concept with seven-inning doubleheaders. But if you got to do it because you got to play doubleheaders on Saturday, Sunday to make up some of these games, I think it's just kind of you got to do it.
0: So, I'm going to ask a question about the, the champion with the season. So, does it really matter at the end of the day who wins it as long as the process of it all goes down? Does it really matter if you only play 60 to 70 games in a regular season? Do we really have to look at that opponent or that champion differently? Because he still was in this, that team was still in the same circumstances every other team this season. So what I'm saying is, like, I understand it's not quite the same as 162 games, but we all understand what's going on in this time. I don't feel like in 20 years from now, if the Yankees were to win the World Series this year, we look at it like, oh, they only played 60 games. Well, everybody played 60 games this season. Does it really matter how many they play as long? Because the whole point of it, and Guy Haberman says this, the whole point of it is as long as you, the process of your champion the, – the, the games happen and a champion ends up – there's a champion at the end of the year. It doesn't matter who's the champion as long as it happens. That's the whole point of it. So I I just feel like I under, I agree with the August 1st. If we have not played a single game in August 1st, there's probably no point, right? But I do feel like they got to try and do something not – they have to try and do something and not – not do it just because, well, it's only 60 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if they have an opportunity to play the season, these guys have worked their entire lives to play this sport at this level. You're telling me that they're just going to say, yeah, you know what? Wash it all away. Again, health circumstances are critical in this. If it's not healthy for people to go to these games still on August 1st, it's understandable. But what I'm saying is you have to try and get a season in. I don't care how many games it is. That's all I'm trying to say. I
2: agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: All right, let's take a break. All right, we're back. Drew and Darren still here, and now we're going to go over the well. Our first version of the NFL 2020 mock draft. Mister Roger Goodell said it's still going on as planned. So uh, we're going to have to do this. I and- like the old that ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With the number one pick, as we've all known, Cincinnati, I think we all believe Joe Burrow is going to be the pick. He's been the consensus number one pick, um, really, since the, the Heisman Trophy, but even the National Championship, I think, solidified it. Do we have any pushback with Joe Burrow at number one?
2: I think he's going there.
1: I think he's going there. Um, if I was the Bengals, I would take Tua Tunga Bailoa. Um, I just think he's uh, the better overall prospect got a higher ceiling, uh, better leader. Um, he just You look at the guy, you look at him, see the way he conducts an interview. Nick Saban swears by this guy. Um, I love him. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. I would take him the number one overall pick. Obviously, the hips got to check out. Um, but I think he's a hard – I don't know. I think he's a better overall prospect, has a higher ceiling. He's younger than Joe Burrow. I think he's smarter, A little bit, maybe a little bit better intellectually. Well, um, perfect. I
0: mean, we can transition into the Redskins pick because you, you mm-hmm. also agreed that Burrow is going to be the pick. So we have Burrow going one. But you do right. like Tua, and we also have talked possibly – Tua to the Redskins. Now, I know it's been talked. Chase Young's kind of been the guy. Everybody's penciled in there. But there's been some rumblings now. Washington may go Tua. So, do we like Chase or do we like Tua here? I think we know Darren's I thoughts. Think be- Drew, because I, I, I think we know Darren's thoughts. He, he likes Tua. Drew, Chase Young, Tua for the Redskins. Who do you like? I
2: just don't see a defensive coach, Ron Rivera, going away from an elite
1: defensive I prospect. I think at the end of the day they take they take uh Chase Young. Yeah, I think they're I thinking about it though. Guarantee you that. Dwayne Haskins, watching Dwayne freaking Haskins who looks like a Hey Kyle Allen's uh, there too. Melting ice cream
0: cone. Well, that's it. so. Yeah, so the Kyle Allen trade is there? Is there a chance the Kyle Allen trade was because maybe they're trying to trade Haskins and Kyle Allen and Tua will be their quarterbacks? Is that a chance, or are they rolling with Haskins? Well, and Kyle Allen.
2: I know. I know this guy had a gruesome injury, but I saw a clip of of Alex Smith throwing a football. So I mean, he's in the mix. I know his leg is. Well,
0: I agree. I think two is a two is definitely an opportunity a, a possibility there, but I think. We all are kind of leaning. At the end of the day, going to be a pick, Chase, a safer pick, right? He's just the safer pick. And like, like you mentioned, they even have Alex Smith in the building. They've got options. I don't think they're going to be expected to compete year one in that regime. And the owner really liked Haskins last year. Is he willing to give up on Haskins after one year? I don't know, but we like Chase Young at two. Look,
2: look, at, the, look at the guy who came out of Ohio State as a pass rusher last year. I think every team would take that. At number two. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree.
0: Okay, this so – This is
1: where things get interesting, in my opinion.
0: So, the Detroit Lions, they are picking at number three. They've got plenty Everything. of needs, of course. Corner, interior defensive line, edge rusher, offense. I mean, they have needs all over the place. Now, I will say there's probably – Some guys linked there. Okuda's definitely been a guy everyone has penciled in there. Isaiah Simmons a possibility because Matt Patricia, defensive coach. Isaiah Simmons is uh, a DW, not an OW. He's a defensive weapon. The guy can play all over the field. Or do they go Derek Brown, interior defensive line, offense staff? Who do we like for the Lions at three?
2: Matt Stafford's aging, so you can't throw that out.
0: Can't throw
1: that out. I think the clear – uh, result here is I think the Dolphins are going to trade up. They're going to give the Lions pick 26. They're going to go get their guy. They're going to get to a, um, and you know, this is a good, good pick for the Lions. You get another first round pick and you're going to be able to take Isaiah Simmons at five. He's going to be there. Uh, I think it's a clear, I think this is the clear result. It's the, it's the best thing that the Lions could ask for in this, in this situation. Uh, if you're the Dolphins, you have all that draft capital. You have all you you traded away Minka for the opportunity to go get a franchise quarterback. Uh, and I think you know, they obviously love Tua. I think they would take Tua over Joe Burrow. I think I think they would. Um, I think that's a clear. That's the smartest move. Uh, you have you have more draft capital. You have more uh, ammo to get up to three. Um, to get past the Chargers. I think it's
0: a clear move. Love that idea. I, to yep, me, I think I both teams win from that. And like you said, the Lions get another pick because – And they need they everything. Maybe they do take uh, a Jordan Love or another quarterback, maybe with one of those Dolphins picks that they get in the first round. Or what they do, like Drew said, he's aging. Maybe they're like, hey, let's try and add some pieces for him, make one last run with this guy. Patricia and, and their GM Quinn – we're basically lucky to survive this season and they've kind of had a playoffs or see a approach. So I definitely can see them trading back for that. I think that's a great idea. So actually instead of the lions picking at three, uh, thanks to Mr. Trainer, we've got the dolphins trading up Uh, that let's take a look actually with uh, their other two picks in the first round are um, if you guys can get Steelers and Texans, I believe. Yeah. So the Lions will get one of those picks. They won't get both, and they'll probably get in like a 3rd third,
2: third. They'll probably fourth. get
0: another pick in that draft. Okay, so now we've got the Giants picking at four. Um, they've got plenty of needs. Do they go offensive tackle? Do they go get the corner and Akuda because he's still available? Because the Dolphins traded up. Do they trade back because now Tua is gone? There's really Herbert left. Does a team trade up mm-hmm. for him? What happens at pick four?
2: I, I think the Giants best, you take best player.
1: I think the Giants are gonna look at the best player. I think at the end of the day, the Chargers are gonna trade up at this point and go get go get uh Justin Herbert. Why, like why the would Giants they second round pick? You never know. I, I I think you know there's you don't know what Carolina's gonna do. Um at this point.
0: Well, I think it's safe uh, to say Carolina is not going quarterback with their Teddy Bridgewater deal that they just gave out. So, I think mm-hmm. – I, I, to me, I think the Chargers might be the only well, – the Raiders. The Raiders the could Ra- trade up. They first have two first-round picks. The Jaguars have two first-round picks. They just traded Foles. Are they buying into Gardner Minshew? I mean, yeah, I totally agree. There's other teams um, for that. I just don't know if the, the Panthers are one because of the Bridgewater deal per se. Hmm.
1: I think you got to go up to get. Herbert, in my opinion, uh, you never know what John Gruden's going to do, um, and I think the Giants would be willing to, you know, move back two picks, get a second-round pick, uh, and still get one of those guys that they were looking at at four, at six. Anyway, I don't know. Something to think about.
0: I, I'm more I, – I, I see both sides. I actually – I just lean a little bit more with Drew for the Giants that just take the best player available because you have two really good defensive players in Akuda or Simmons on the board. They had, their defense is horrible last year. You could also justify possibly an offensive lineman, but I would suggest if you're going to do that, trade back because there's plenty of them. Uh, there could be like five to seven offensive tackles in the first round. Uh, so, what do we want to do here, though, for the Giants? Are we going to trade back or do we want to have them select somebody? I'm
2: taking Akuda. I think that's a good pick.
0: Okay. So, Akuda is going to be the pick at four for the Giants. That means the Lions are going to be picking at five. Do we have them taking Simmons at this point now? He's really the only defensive player left, or do they go get a receiver for Stafford? They already have a pretty good Kenny Galladay. Drew Weber knows him really well for the fantasy Shout out. <laughs> Marvin Jones, a good player. They, they just drafted a tight end last Hawkinson. year. Hawkinson. The yeah, they're Locking going
2: to get Simmons. Down. I think they're they're going going they get, get Simmons. Three, like
0: Simmons at five. The Giants had a coup already at four. Dolphins. Okay. Chargers at six. They didn't have to trade up. Herbert's still available. I think we all think that's got to be the pick, correct? Because, I mean, we all know Tyrod Taylor, t- mm-hmm. t- Taylor's not going to be the overall answer there. They don't seem to be interested in Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. I think it's clear-cut Herbert at six, correct?
2: Yep, new stadium, meet a quarterback.
0: So what do the Panthers now do at seven? Do they go get offensive line? Do they get a receiver for a quarterback that for Teddy Bridgewater? Do they get Derek Brown out of Auburn, Javon Kinlaw? Who do we I like think for the Panthers the at Panthers. seven? If we look at the Panthers' biggest needs, it fills a need with Derek Brown. Yeah. Back's gone, Simmons is gone, interior offensive line, it's more – tackles it looks like Derek brown could be the obvious monster Uh, ike brown at seven to the panthers i
2: think i think uh panthers are the biggest wild card in the draft they've had kind of a wild card of an offseason uh matt rule no one really knows what him in the league in the nfl league knows he's going to do uh but, anyway, I mean, I see them going brown. Yeah, we, I mean, we touched on it. We touched on it the last podcast. Six five,
1: three twenty.
0: What are they small. doing? We, what are you doing? I mean, you, you, you seem it's like weird. you're rebuilding, maybe tanking for Trevor. Then, boom, we go sign Bridgewater. But okay, we've got Derek Brown at 7 to the Carolina Panthers. Now it brings up the team picking number 8. Somehow they still have this pick. Even getting Dandre Hopkins blows my mind. I think the clear-cut pick for this team is protect your franchise quarterback. There's plenty of good offensive tackles. In fact, we haven't even had an offensive tackle yet taken in this draft. It's probably because they're not a sexy pick. But I think it's clearly the pick for the Cardinals here. Now I guess the question is, mm-hmm. who do you go to? I know we're probably not the most knowledge on the offensive line talent prospects, but who do we like? The McC- McGee-Becton was the – Combine star, who do you who do we like? It's at eight? the
1: big
2: guy, right? Wills. Yes. I like I like Wills. I think
0: Wills, Jedrick Wills from mm-hmm. Alabama. We'll take Jedrick Wills at Alabama. Really, you could go either offensive tackle. I guess at that point. Now we get to number nine. Um, one of the worst franchises in the I league. I will Some say will with the Cardinals. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead.
1: Hey. With the Cardinals, I will say don't count on a receiver. They're interesting. What? You could see. You
0: what? Could I hear see you, but I just a receiver How at do they do that when they draft? They drafted like four receivers last year in the draft. Now again, I know this is a deep receiver class, but. You just got DeAndre Hopkins. I just I'm don't saying. understand that's why you would go receiver there. I also think that's a possibility. It's in play. I, I think I'm if if the draft does. were to pan out the way it has, with no offensive lineman being taken, they could also be a team that maybe trades back because maybe the receivers now start to go. But we also we just had them taking an offensive lineman. Um, I don't really care to comment on this team, even though I probably have the most knowledge of what they need. But the Jaguars at nine, do we like Kinlaw, or do we like a receiver for this team or an offensive lineman?
2: They need, they need a lot of things.
0: They need a lot of things. Yeah. I'm going to just say they're going to take Kinlaw because they lost Marcel Darius and Calais Campbell, to cogs in the middle of that defense. I think they're going to yeah. go Kinlaw at nine that brings up one of the most somehow talked about teams last year even though they are the most irrelevant team in the french or in the league over the past 10 years but the browns are picking at 10 offensive line is clearly a big need there's plenty out there but it's the browns so we have no idea what they could do who do we like for the browns at 10
2: you i think you take offensive line Mm
1: Back to
0: becton to the browns at 10 that seems like a browns pick they would take the flashy mm-hmm. combine kind of guy not saying becton can't be good but okay we'll go back in there the jets now i would say the jets would probably could go tackle they signed a lot of money though than free agency in the offensive line maybe that means they want to go receiver in the draft i think those are one of the two needs offensive line or receiver here for them but who do you guys have for them picking at 11
2: They just lost Robbie Anderson. I know he's not that good, but I think this is where the first receiver domino goes. I think Judy goes right here.
1: I think so too. I don't think he will be there. That's so
0: Jerry the Judy, Judy at eleven. I think it's for the Jazz. I like it. Like I said, I think it's I think it's definitely a possibility considering what the free agency cards were. They protected Sam in free agency. Now let's go mm-hmm. Let's go get him a toy in the draft. I like it. Jerry Judy at 11 sucks for the Niners because I think the Raiders at 12 could possibly go C.D. Lamb and the C.D. Niners are going C.D. out C.D. Lamb. on both of the top two receivers there. We got C.D. Lamb going 12 to the Raiders. I think that's clear cut at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can't rule out John Gruden. Maybe he loves Jordan Love. Um, but, yeah, I think we all can agree. C.D. Lamb in there. And then that leaves the question, uh, and this is probably the worst-case scenario for the 49ers, uh, not to yeah. say that Henry Ruggs – I mean, Henry Ruggs could be an option, uh, maybe Justin Jefferson, but I feel like this is either – at this point, in my opinion, if this were the situation the Niners found themselves, I would trade, trade in this situation. Trade back. Try and find a team who like Jordan Love. Uh, pick so 20, get
1: another guy. no Belichick. Billy B is going to come up and grab his quarterback of the future. Jordan love, um, high, high ceiling, projectable. I think that's a play. I think that's a play there. Um, they get, they'll get like a second round pick back, maybe a third rounder. I, think that's a play.
0: I don't hate that idea as in like, I could see it happening. I really could. I don't think that's completely out of the question. Um, But, unfortunately, I don't have the premium version here, so I'm going to just take Jordan Love here at this pick, even though it has the Niners taking him. We all know that's not going to happen. So the Patriots trade up for 13. I think it's smart considering what the situation was for the Niners. Their dreams of a good receiver gone there. Uh, Buccaneers at 14. Do they go get an offensive lineman to go protect their – forty three year old quarterback. They've already got two stud receivers, or do they go defense here, possibly a corner or a safety? What do you think the Bucs do?
2: Their defense was dismal last year. Really? They couldn't stop the pass. They could stop the run.
0: Fifth and DVOA. I think I think a lot I think their defense got a really bad rap considering their quarterback turned the ball over a total of I think forty two times, thirty picks yeah. and about fumbles. <laughs> Rough, but I hear you, I mean, All their right. secondary is definitely the weakest part of the defense one thousand percent, one thousand percent. I agree with that
2: they can stop the road
0: but do they protect tom i mean i mean what what do you think they do here because that's obvious that's another need too. I mean, they've got offensive tackle, and then I don't understand how receivers in need for this team <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean what do what do we think
2: Works. You probably – I mean, you probably – you just signed Brady. You got, you're going to have him two years. You're not going to be very mobile. You probably got to go offensive line. Just – it's part of the investment with Brady.
0: Okay. So, we've got that. I like it. Denver at 15. Do they go get Drew Locke, a receiver, and Henry Ruggs? They got Jarrell Casey um, in a trade with the Titans. They got A.J. Boye in a trade from the Jaguars. Again, not an elite player, but a decent player. Um they're they have Courtland Sutton, but they lost Emmanuel Sanders in a trade last year. Um, again, Drew Locke, maybe. I mean, they, that's technically with the way their roster is constructed, he's going to have to be their guy. Do they go out and get him receiver? Do you like Rugs there? Who do you like? I
1: could talk myself into it. You know, he's an athlete, um, obviously the fastest player in the draft. I can see it. Deep threat.
0: L.A. loves um,
1: offense. Denver, Colorado. Probably need a corner too, but you can make uh, the I case for Ruggs. you
0: could make the case for Rugs. I think C.J. Henderson, the corner, or maybe an offensive lineman as well, maybe to protect mm-hmm. Drew Locke because they whiffed on Garrett Bowles um, a few years back, a first round talent. But we could go anywhere here. We'll just take Rugs, the best player available, possibly. All right, we won't bore anybody else with the rest of the draft, considering. Um, well, we we just did the half of it, I guess, at this point in time. Um, but I I do kind of want to talk about the trades, and I think Darren was spot on with the two-a-trade up for the Dolphins at three with the Lions. If the Redskins take Chase Young at two, what do you think, though? What would you put a percentage-wise of the Redskins taking Tua at two and not Chase Young?
1: Low 30%. Well. I think they're kicking it around. Uh, I think just at the end of the day, you're just going to, instead of swinging for the home run, you're just going to take a double. You, you know Chase Young is going be, gonna to be a good pro. He's going to be, you know, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl-level player, Pro Bowl-level uh, defense, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be there for 10 to 15 years. I think it's the safest pick. Uh, I think at the end of the day, that's what they're going to talk themselves into. Drew also
0: brought up a great point. Two words, Nick Bosa. So, yeah. uh, that's what that I don't see him going
2: to uh, anyway. No way. I think All right.
1: because if, if, I mean, if, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. If uh, the Redskins, Redskins take Tua, then the Lions would take – they would be ecstatic to have uh, – Chase Young. You know, um, Chase Young 100%, right?
0: Absolutely. hmm At that point, you so, go get your pass rusher because that is something that they don't really have, the Lions. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, they have a lot of needs. Um, And then at that point, I mean, if Tua were to go two, do the Dolphins just stay at five? Or do they trade up and go get – you know, I mean, do they have a backup plan if Tua is somehow gone? I mean, what? I guess that—that's what we should ask. I if think the they are all tanked.
1: in on Tua. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think, I think the
1: Dolphins are all in on Tua. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah. in. I mean, love the guy.
0: Now, but what I'm, I'm mean, saying is, what if Washington talks himself into Tua? Why would they trade? Yeah. Why would they trade back? Because they know the Dolphins would take him. So, what did the Dolphins do if Tua were to go to Washington? What would they do? Do they sit at five? They do they, do have to, they now move up to three and go take Herbert or somebody? I mean, what would sure you sure they
1: like Herbert a little bit. Yeah. I think they would They would have to move up to get Herbert, right? They would make a trade with the Giants. Through
0: it, we're just going to take the best player available at our three first-round picks. Let's go sign Jameis. We've got Jameis. We've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're going to do that again. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, Trevor. Next year, we'll trade up for Trevor. And something. take the that. Yeah. But I, I mean they made the charge it. Yeah. where they can't even I mean it would be tough to tank with that team just because they've got some they've got some talent now. And Brian right. Flores, I think, shown he knows what he's doing a little bit. Right.
1: I agree.
2: Better it's record than the said. Patriots last year down the stretch than uh than Bill over there. Dolphins. Yep. Bill
1: Were
0: they Were they better than the Patriots in week 17? They were not, but we all know that they were tougher that day.
1: No. (laughs) They were tougher.
0: Can sports
2: come back? Uh, This this two weeks has felt like uh, about three years.
0: Oh, man, it's It's weird. You don't um, even know what
1: day it is. It's just like you wake up, okay, another day
0: yeah I mean the only day I it, the only reason I know what day it is is because of the yeah. work schedule I've had to like, oh yeah, i work worked today, but yeah it it sucks, and i unfortunately it doesn't seem like it's gonna reappear anytime soon um i mean we're we're we've got at minimum i'd say what a month of nothing going uh, at on least, at uh, least I mean, maybe we could be out of quarantine possibly in a month, but in terms of playing anything, we will not be having anything in a month
1: at least a month yesterday was opening day reese hoskins and uh freaking uh, david Villar played played against each other in mlb the show
0: yeah yeah, that's
1: depressing! How depressing is that? They've got that's a player, they've got
0: a they're they're apparently streaming like a players tournament tonight. Blake Snell, Hunter Pence and two other players are uh in it. So, that'll be interesting. Um, I mean, hey, I mean, I I, I I'm I'm with it. They need to try and do that. They need to try and stay relevant because they've had trouble doing that. So, real, they got to try real and, quick.
2: Netflix is sure loving all this. Uh, everyone's staying at home. I mean, do, do you think if sports were in full swing, you know, Tiger King, Love is Blind, do you think they really would have took off as much as they did?
0: Oh, yeah, or definitely. Oh, not, I mean, they yeah. wouldn't have. I, I'm agreeing nah. with, yeah, with no yeah. chance. I mean, yeah, just yeah. – and especially now <laughs> with, like, with and with social media and, like, people just talking about it, the hype, and it's like, oh, well, we got time to watch it. So, I mean, might as well see. I mean, when you've got Colin Cowherd tweeting about it, and uh, giving his B take, but, you know. Yeah, yeah I agree. Not good. I agree. Not
2: good.
1: Interesting show. Have you guys seen it? Not, we talked uh, last night. yeah. About I'll, I'll get around reviewed. to it. I, I
2: got, I got not nothing at the it. time. Nothing but time. We'll get around to it.
0: So yeah, maybe we can do a For Tiger Chris. King review during the next pod. Give our take. Yeah, we're
1: like – yeah, move and uh, see if
0: uh, she actually did murder her husband. <laughs> According to Twitter, she did, but well, alert.
1: She's uh she's an interesting battle put it put it that way. No pun intended. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Interesting show for sure.
0: All right, gentlemen. Godspeed. Have a
1: good weekend.